Hi, beauty. I'm so grateful you were led to this podcast. I'm your host, Miranda. Hi. I'm a wife, coach, and mom to four world changers. And this is the Recalibrating Hearts podcast. It's my heart that in this space, you would encounter the love of the Father and receive downloads, revelations, and solutions for partnering with God in your breakthrough. You'll also hear how we're building our family, powerful prayers and declarations for you, and ways to incorporate natural solutions for whole health. I think it's time to normalize spiritual breakthrough and walk in freedom with whole hearts. Holy Spirit, you get full permission to recalibrate our hearts. Let's go. Well, I'm more than honored to be able to interview my coach, my personal coach, Diane Poor. Um, back a couple episodes, you heard me with my UK coach, Lindy Strong. And Lindy, I only played five minutes of that very powerful call. And I will only coach with Lindy about once a quarter, just as I'm led by Holy Spirit. But Diane is my regular ongoing coach. She is so precious to me. She's a treasure and God handpicked her for me. Um, you'll hear how I found her, so I won't go into that. But she started her ministry journey in about 2003. And you know what? There's so much to say that I'm just really going to narrow it down. Does She gets into the trenches with people. Nothing is too difficult for her and Holy Spirit to tackle. Um, she started out really in 12-step ministry, but then found herself writing manuals and spiritual curriculum for churches. She's walked many churches, pastors into freedom. Um, uh, you're in, you might hear words like SRA, and if you're not familiar, it's satanic ritual abuse. We won't go into that stuff, but the other word you're going to hear is DID, dissociative identity disorder. Um, she operates strongly in her gifts as a discerner and seer, and she understands how to legislate the courtrooms of heaven. Now I did this part one and part two, because there's so much meat and there's so much to food to glean from that I pray. And I just know that you are going to get freedom by just listening to my coach do her thing. She has such a teaching anointing and a teaching mantle. She has so many anointings and mantles. But I also want to say, you know, you might be listening to these episodes and be like, how do I get Miranda as a coach? Well, I'm so glad you asked. And I haven't really shared how to contact me, connect with me. And I would be doing a disservice if I didn't, you know, and I'm learning as I go here on this platform, you guys. So grace over all the things. But if you go to MirandaWendler.com and you scroll about halfway down on my homepage, you're going to see just a blurb about what happens when we work together and then more because Holy Spirit always takes it up five notches. And then you'll see the button that says apply here. Now I am opening up this quarter to five women. So there's only five spots available. If you are open to coaching, if you're curious and you want that next step to go to another level, and you'll know because Holy Spirit will go, it's you. <laughs> like you'll get that nudge. I am here for it and I'm here for you. And listen, I homeschool my children. I run other businesses. Like there's a lot, but the Lord has called me to coach. So I know there's five women out there that need, that want to go to another level. I'm here for it. MirandaWendler.com. Scroll halfway down and click apply here. And um, I pray over all the applications and whatnot. Without further ado, get a notebook or just be open to what Holy Spirit has. Here is an interview with my personal coach, Diane Poor. 
I'm here with my very own coach, Diane. Diane, I just want to say thank you for being here. I've said this like 40 times, but it is truly an honor to have you on the show. Um, it's interesting with the tables being turned. Usually I'm like, all right, talk to me, coach. Um, but I'm going to ask you questions. And I just want to say just thank you first and foremost. I appreciate you. Well, thanks Very for much. having me. They're like, that's awesome. I, I, I'm so honored and so grateful just to be able to be here to just to sit mm. down and have this conversation with you. Um, it's super important. And um, just the sort of normalizing conversations about what we're, I don't even know what all we're going to talk yeah. about today, but, but just coming into agreement that, you know, we're putting that out there and it's exciting to be here. So I'm very honored and thank you very much. Yes, totally. And as you were saying that, I heard the words taste and see. And it's like years ago, if I, before I knew what a coach was, especially a breakthrough coach or healing coach and a life coach, all that, I, oh man, if I would have been able to have a glimpse into this, hopefully this conversation and been like, this is what it's like to have a coach, or this is how powerful, even going back and forth with, you know, somebody or seeing the blind spots you don't see and whatever, again, Holy Spirit gets our mind people. So, um, but to, I feel like this will be a taste and see for some people. So whatever that means for you, um, I pray listeners, you open your hearts and position your hearts for freedom and breakthrough, but we've already prayed an agreement for freedom and breakthrough. Um, really, I also want to say, I found you through a day. I don't ever, I don't name drop for name drop sake. I'm saying, how did I find my coach? Okay. So I had a coach years ago, which they know in like 2017 and then years, a couple of years I worked with her. And then I had a pause where I didn't have anybody. And it's not because I'm, yes, I'm picky, but I feel like the Lord picks my coaches. And so after Lindsay, a couple of years break of just finding my own way through things and navigating and busy move. Um, I remember just being like, my friend introduced me to, and a mentor introduced me to Dan Duvall. And I'm like, okay, well then I'm like, oh, Dan Duvall coaches. And I wanted to go into a safe pod, I feel like. And I went mm -hmm. and I scrolled and male and female coach, you were a female. And I'm like, here we go. But I felt the Lord highlight you because of the neat on your website that we'll share later. You see like, oh man, SRA, all the things that you help women help people with breakthrough with. And I was like, we are going here. We are going here from my very first session, even about understanding how trauma attaches to the soul, all that Diane, you've helped me, um, just go to another level with the Lord. And again, I get emotional. Like I said, in these interviews, I'm very just grateful for your gift on your life. <sighs> so God knew that I needed you. And uh, so that's how I found you and you guys pray for your coach, pray for who, who, you know, ask the father, who, who do you want me to coach with? Who, those looking for a coach, who, who, how, you know, the Holy spirit will lead you. Right. I mean, really, but what if you didn't say yes to Dan, you know, being on his website, Dan's website, what if, and I don't listen to think of that, but you know what I mean? I'm really grateful. I found you. So, um, I felt like from our very first session, you would help me continue to heal from trauma and get the inner healing I need. But not only that like up level with the Lord in a way, I don't know, opening up realms or whatnot. So, and is there anything in all that we let on how I found you that is on your heart to share at this moment? <clears throat> well, I think just, well, for one thing, being here right now, but also just, um, oh,
I think it's important for us to understand that inner healing and deliverance is something that we should not ever be ashamed of or have any kind of fear about being able to look to our churches, our leaders, our friends um, to ask for help. And mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest whole thing holding people back is that there's shame or there's rejection, there's fear, you know, whatever it is. And we'll probably talk about more of that stuff as our conversation goes. But I think the hardest thing for people is to overcome either they've minimized and they just go, let's get past what's happened to me or, um, or they don't know where to turn. They don't know that there's help out there. So I think that that's a, a big thing is, is it, or in churches that I've, I've even experienced this, a lot of the churches that I went to recently, but growing up, like I, I grew up in a Christian family and so a lot of the churches didn't believe in spiritual warfare, or spiritual gifts or deliverance or any of that. And what kind of turned me towards that was because I'm a seer and, um, and uh, being a seer for those who are me or maybe listening that don't understand what that is, that is a, um, a being able to see in the spirit. It's, it's, it's um, sits under the prophetic gift mm -hmm. or a prophetic office and, and so I would be considered a prophet and that I see and I hear and you know, other things. And so that's, that's, that's not my only gift, but that was such a prevalent thing as, a, as we, when I was a child that mm -hmm. I realized that the, um, you know, if demonic stuff existed, then I knew that I knew that I knew that godly stuff existed as well. And so there was no question in my mind. And so I saw the gross stuff of the evil kingdom. And I said, I don't, I want nothing to do with that. I'm, I'm going to be that worst night, that <laughs> the enemy's worst nightmare with every breath left in my body, you know? So, so that is how I've turned away from that. But growing up in those churches, I never had people to go to and go, what am I experiencing? Mm -hmm. um, what about the trauma of my past? What do I do with that? It was always, you know, oh, that's the past. It's water under the bridge or, um, you know, growing up in dysfunctional families, those, those cardinal rules of don't talk, don't trust, and don't feel. <laughs> so, you know, everybody's family is dysfunctional. It's somewhere on the spectrum of that. Um, and so we all have to sort of abide by those rules and we don't realize how much it affects us until we're trying to have a relationship with Jesus and we're stuck. Mm -hmm. We, we go, what's wrong with me because I can't see, or I can't hear God, um, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, it's when we have to get healing in that area of, of not trusting and, um, being able to work through our pain so that we can have relationships in the natural, um, but it starts with our relationship and intimacy with Jesus, first and foremost. We've got to repair that and get that squared away. And not that it stops you, but he's going to continuously teach you and, and reveal the things that you need to yield to him. You know, um, I call it ringing out. It, you know, I don't like the word surrendering because that sounds like, you know, I don't have choice in the matter. But honestly, yeah. we don't. I mean, well... Anyway, so um, 
So there's just a lot that that happens in this process. We look at people's lives and they look at themselves and they go, I have nowhere to go. I have nowhere to turn. And so I think because the church has in not every church, but largely there's sort of this just serve. We don't want to hear you about your stuff, you know, and um, and so I'm offering a different solution. You're offering a different solution, you know. Let's let's repair those. Let's go after the one. Let's deal with the people, you know, and then expand from there. So anyway, that was a lot, but that's what good. I wanted to share. <laughs> yes, no, that's awesome. I'm I'm a little hung up in a good way on ringing out. Mm -hmm. ringing oh, out. so you want me to expand on that a, a little, little bit more? Please. Okay, yeah. so um, sorry. No, it's good. The ringing out is just our ability to go before Jesus and say. I don't, I don't, I can't do it on my own anymore. Mm. Can't do it on my own. And so it starts first and foremost with salvation. Mm. Like, God, I'm tired. Yes, Lord, Lord Jesus, I cannot do this on my own anymore. And I need you mm. to come and forgive me, clean me so that I don't have shame, you know, and I can have victory in my life. It starts there. But then even in our healing journey, it's, it's like, um, it's like when Jesus was talking to Simon Peter and the, he'd been preaching and, and a bunch of his followers, um, Jesus's followers were like, um, you know, when he was talking about the only way, um, is to God, to his father is through yes. the sacrifice of Jesus. And all these people were like, wow, that's way too, you're asking too much. We're out of here, you know? Right. And, and so Jesus turns to the disciples and he says, um, what about you? He turns to the 12 and he says, what about you? Are, are you going to desert me too? Are you going to leave? And Simon Peter says, to whom shall we go? Mm. You know, you've got the, you've got the words of life. Mm. Like where else am I supposed to go? Where, where else could I possibly go? Right. So mm. it's, it's when we get to that point where we're just like, I can't do this anymore. Then we realize there's a dependence upon God, you know, and, and upon Jesus to bring healing in our lives. So it starts first with that salvation, but then throughout our sanctification, we're ringing out and we're allowing the Holy Spirit to bring things up. I call it bubbling up, where He bubbles up our character mm -hmm. def defects, our addictions, our codependency, mm -hmm. our you know, our our how we relate poorly with other people and with even God. Yes. You know, and so there's we he moves us through as we choose to bring it to him and we don't have rebellion, but instead we bring repentance to him and say, I'm going to ring this out before you change this in me, create in me a clean heart and set truth in my spirit, renew me, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. So that's what ringing is. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Cause that's important. I, it's nice because, um, I, I can tell, I feel like even if someone didn't have a grid for this, they do now. And I really like it. And I love the salvation thing. Like someone's going to get blessed right there and lives changed forever. But also how about it's okay to deal with our stuff. And you were saying how church, we're not against church. We're not slamming churches, but even how we hold, you know, sweep it under the rug kind of thing, or don't ask, don't tell and all that stuff. Or, but just, I just, mm, when you brought up how we relate with other people, I get, I flashed back a little bit throughout, throughout everything you were saying, I was flashing to see things. I'm like, I have a question here, but 
um, just being a double-minded person for me, being a double-minded person. And then I read my Bible and I'm, yay, go Jesus. And then I go to scream at my kids or I read my Bible and I'm like in religious performance. I didn't know because this is just pleasing God. So I have to check the list and didn't know I was even doing that though. I wasn't aware as much awareness is powerful, but then I go and like fight with a spouse, you know, or was divorced and single parent and just bitter man. When you, I like how you said, I guess maybe this is a red flag for someone or a marker of you might need coaching or want to look for a coach would be, how do you relate with other people? Cause I like, didn't like people forever. And there's still sometimes things come up where I'm like, don't like, but then I'm like, nope, that was not, that's not Miranda. But I used to be like, everybody can just, you know, I wouldn't care what would happen. It was very, a lot of hatred and Mm self-hatred. All that to say, if somebody's listening and you're like, man, my relationships are kind of a mess, you know, and, or stuck you brought up from moving forward. Like you want to move forward. You want to pursue the dreams in your heart. You want to, but you feel stuck. That might be an, um, an idea to go look for a coach. Um, I really like that. Yes. Anything I, what's coming up right now. And I don't know if God wants to go there or you want to go. So Holy spirit wants to go somewhere else is, um, something that really is impacting me in our coaching is I know you've sat with the Lord. Like I'm even super emotional right now because of the love pouring out and the, like the teacher and gift and the prophetic and the, okay. So uh, is there anything you would like share with like how, when the Lord started first pursuing you to sit with him, come on, like, because my Bible before was just a Bible. And now I walk into it. I engage in it. I didn't, I I would never go back. Right. Like I'm emotional because people like leave their first love. Right. And I have. And so when it comes to you, you, you've taught me a lot about sitting with Jesus, my throne, oh man, engaging in the spirit realm more than when I came to you. And thank you for that. But is there anything that's on your heart? that you would like to share about kind of when the Lord started first pursuing you to sit with Jesus and Jesus teaching you stuff, anything like that? Um, hmm. so I would say the, one of the first things that he taught me was, um, I mean, and just to give you context, um, I was, I got saved when I was eight, but I had had a lot of trauma and you know things programming all kinds of weird stuff that had happened throughout my life and I really didn't formally start my recovery process and my inner healing I went and got deliverance when I was about 28 okay and I mean even before that um I because I, I just very early on the Holy Spirit used to speak to me and so I would hear his voice and he would you know like Diane get up and leave this place right now you know and I would be like oh, and okay like you know the first couple of times that I was like okay what's happening I'm hearing voices you know um but I got to know that voice and that still small voice inside and um you know so there was that um so he he's prompted me from very young, but it really wasn't until I started to choose that healing path because I didn't like who I had become. And I think that was the hardest part in my journey was, you know, living, you know, living in a dysfunctional family and not slamming my family or anything, but just, we all have that on a spectrum, you know, from, from, pretty healthy to very neglectful or abusive, you know, just depends on what you're, you know, the generational stuff is, but 
um, you know, for me, while my parents were believers and stuff, I was still very much a product of church, religion, and all of that, you know, stuff. Mm -hmm. And so turning into getting choosing in my I had I gotten married and I had two children and I started looking at my children's little baby eyes and going I need to be better I need mm. to be a better mom mm. I don't want I want the abuse in my life that you know wasn't necessarily from my parents but it was from total strangers you know the hurt the woundedness in my life I don't ever want to do that to my children it's going to end with me and that was when I pivoted and that's, you know, in repentance, repentance means to turn away. And that was that pivot point where I said, it's not that I'm denying this. I'm taking responsibility for the first time in my life, hmm. you know, for my stuff. And instead of being rebellious and shaking my fist at God or trying to blame him, what, where were you? Why didn't you show up? But instead it was, I know you know this and that you were still sovereign over my whole life and you will redeem it. You'll give me the grace to deal with people, the grace to heal my wounds, um, you know, that kind of thing. And what he taught me was to give up my right to be right and holding on to my anger you know, the things that were done to me in my past, giving up my self-sufficiency and oh, that rebellion, once again, the autonomy that came out of that. Wow. Wow. So even though I was a believer, I still had this autonomous mindset of, I can do it all on my own mm. and I don't need God. I, I know you're there. And you're just like this book on the shelf. If I ever need you, if I get in a crisis, things get too hot, then I can reach out to you. But in the meantime, I can't trust you because I can't trust any of the people around me. How are you any different? Mm. And I had to figure out and learn. And so finally, when I chose to, to turn away from that, those beliefs and things and to just repent and give up that right to my anger and all of that self-autonomous self rebellion and all that. Um, I had to learn to trust Jesus with my life and my pain and to depend upon him. And that was a game changer. So once I tasted that, that taste and see thing, once I tasted the sweetness of that intimacy, mm -hmm. game over, mm -hmm. it changed everything. And mm -hmm. I tell you what, mm -hmm. I will heed the warning. <laughs> when you choose that, the whole world seems to come against you. It's opposed. Yes. Right. Because yes. the world hates Jesus yes. and they'll hate that in you as well. It gets better because you get stronger and that kind of thing. Yeah. But, you know, it was, you know, not trying to discourage or make anybody fearful, oh. but it's just, you know, that is a process. And you have, I had to be dogged about walking that out and pursuing it. Mm. So anyway, it's, it's a total life changer and mm. sitting at the feet of Jesus is mm. absolutely my most favorite thing. And I could tell you story after story. One of them was I went, I was praying and Jesus took me into the river of life. Mm. And literally there was like these, like, like they weren't lightly, they were like energy bolts <laughs> coming mm. out of his eyes. And mm. 
we, we ducked under the water so that there would be conductivity of the water mm -hmm. and these things were hitting my head. And I was like a little weirded out at first. Cause I was like, what is happening? <laughs> but I trusted Jesus, you know, and it wasn't some false Jesus or anything. Mm -hmm. And so I was just trusting Jesus and I'm like, okay. And so we come up on the water and, he, and he's like laughing and we're having, and I'm laughing because it was fun. And it was, a, you know, it was like, what are we doing? It's some game. And he said, I'm rewiring your brain, Diane, because there's a whole bunch of things that I need you to be able to comprehend down the path. And I need to renew your mind. And I went, oh, that's what that looks like. That's what renewing your mind. I mean, obviously it's scripture and, you know, all of that, but there's literally a spiritual thing that occurred and I had, and I, it, it, I think what it really did was it kind of crushed confusion and like a deaf and dumb spirit, you know, that kind of thing so that I could think, you know, and yeah. process things differently, whatever. So anyway, I was like, yay, praise Jesus. So I take it. I'll take it. I'll take <laughs> no, right. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, and, and I appreciate you sharing that because I was like, oh my gosh, my heart's moved so much. And I know people listening will be like, I can do that too. And it means a lot to me that we're offering someone a glimpse or taste and see it's all about taste and see. I can mm -hmm. tell, um, one thing that's coming to mind as you're finishing was, um, so it sounds like capacity is being built because you weren't overnight. Like, you know, it wasn't overnight. This is a process. And what I was thinking too, the violent takes it by force. Oh, that's not fair. You know what? It's not, the enemy is not fair and he doesn't play fair and he does want our generations. And I really, as your story, I can find myself a lot in your story of waking up to the fact, oh my goodness, I'm ruining my kids. Basically, um, not self-pity. Like I am continuing cycles, um, mm -hmm. in my family and being like, they deserve better. And, oh, very powerful. So the process is important. Yeah. And as in, yes. Go, well, I was just going to say the, the process is important because you, as the Holy spirit confronts you, he brings a humbling and it's your choice in that moment to go, what am I going to do with this? You know, you got to weigh it out and say, okay, do I want to just continue on in this self-sufficient mode or do I want to have dependence upon God, you know? Yes. So, yes, because what you're saying too, is I have a choice to make. And for me, the feelings and we're in charge per se, or the feelings were, this feels better though. Not saying bondage feels better. Um, you know what I mean? When you get used it's to normal it, though, it's our yes. normal. That's what I think is what you're trying to say is that the bondage feels better because it becomes our normal. It's like, we're we you know, like when you're living in a little cage, you don't know that there's a big world out there. And a lot of times, even people, when they come out of that imprisonment, they're like, what do I do with this freedom? Yes. Yes. And that's a great, like, if you don't mind going that way, um, it's okay. <laughs> just for now, like, you know, because I want to like, man, let's equip. I want to equip people, but like, what do we do with this freedom? So as we slowly get free the process and sometimes overnight leaps. And by the way, a key thing you said was, while giving up your right to be right. Like what, even years before meeting uh, us coaching, I was very much coached to give up my right to be right and my need to be right. And it kind of broke me. Like it, there was a element of freedom to it. How do I say that? A hope or something like, Oh, and then I was like, Oh, am I going to survive this? Am I going <laughs> right. to survive? Right. Oh, they ain't going to protect me. Who's going to protect me. Right. This stuff. Oh, it's like onion, but mm -hmm. going forward to, um, and I lost my track, what we were going to, um, what do we do with this freedom? Maybe building identity, getting rooted, like 
Yeah, it and I mean the freedom is hard to obtain in the first place, and there's a whole process with that, and we yes. have to. But once we come into that freedom, um, I think that there is, um, well, we have to understand that there is different types of grace that the Lord gives us, and so the first thing that He gives us is comforting grace. So, so there's three types of grace. There's comforting grace, which is grace for um, the losses that we've had in our lives to deal uh, as we deal with the pain from our past and even our present pain and in, in any relationship that we've had. So there's a comforting grace and the comforting grace, the comfort in that type of grace that he gives us is simply that it's it's the father's gracious presence in the midst of our pain. Yes. So it's it's like Isaiah um 43 two and five. And it's like, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. Um, when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. They will not, the fight, the flames will not set you ablaze. Do not be afraid for I am with you. So it's that promise that he's always going to be with us. So that, that humbling thing, when we start giving up our right, he's like, kid, you're not alone. I'm right here with you. I'm not across the valley, the Grand Canyon of sin that you feel like you've got in your life or a million miles away. I'm right here. You know, that's what grace is. And so that's the first type of grace. So we could go into, you know, that's called comforting grace. And then the next one we have is empowering grace, which is a grace for our pretense. Mm -hmm. So God offers us um, love. It's beyond our own for the people that we have in our, the unlovable people in our lives, I'll say it that way. So he provides that power. So power is the operative thing there um, to behave in a way that's consistent with others. Good. Even when we are deeply hurt ourselves. So it, when we have taken responsibility and said, okay, Lord Jesus, I'm going to give you this but I'm still not a perfect person. I'm still going to continue to hurt. He's like, I'm going to give you the power to, to behave so that you can do the best towards that person to love them, to give them grace and all of that. In, even though you're a deeply wounded person too, it's okay. Just rest in me. Let me do the work, you know, and that's based on, um, well, and, and so, we get the spirit of truth. That's where the Holy Spirit comes in. So that's John 14, um, verses 16 through 17. Uh And then we have embracing grace. And it is grace for dealing with our, that nasty autonomous independence that we all have, Mm -hmm. Um, that we want from him, the autonomous mindset or the self-sufficiency that we want to have to be autonomous from him, that we want to shake our fist and say, you know, you're not present in my life. I can do this on my own, but it's not just him. It's also everybody else that we're in relationship or think we are in. So we have to really start identifying in our relationships, um, what they look like. Are they codependent? Are they, um, is there a, do I have a narcissist spouse or a boss who's a narcissist, you know, stuff like that. When we start really opening up our eyes 
then we start realizing, oh, um, my relationships are a lot different than I used to think they are. But anyway, um, so we, we get embraced when the spirit confronts us. When the Holy Spirit confronts us, it's think of like the prodigal son. That's a perfect example of this, that embracing that the father does. He says, my child, I want you to come back to me come back to me. So receive the embrace. So it's about receiving. And um, so when, when the, when, when our father receives us and embraces us, maybe we've had parents that never hugged us or held us or comforted us, you know? And so when we get that, that's where the intimacy of trust and relationship, and we can return back to that, it changes us. So the Holy Spirit will confront us and says, let me hug you. Let me embrace you and take you in and teach you the truth, you know? So, um, and then that's, that's when we start to get to repent of our entrenched autonomy. Yes. And so if somebody who's listening is not familiar with the story of the prodigal son, that is uh, Luke 15, 11 through 32. Yes. Very powerful. And you said the father embracing the son mm-hmm. and then just being able to see ourselves as that and see ourselves as the son and daughter and go into the father's arms. And I love those different graces, um, mm-hmm. the comforting, empowering, and embracing. And I appreciate you teaching us a little more about that because it's, it's almost like phases that for me, I'm putting it in my words, almost like phases you go through. They're all mm-hmm. cycles probably, but the comforting, I remember those days and I remember like he still does, but thank you. Cry, for writing. Yeah. And then it was a little easier, I guess, because you're like, Oh, he'll take care of things. Like he's yeah. like, well, then it's like the empowering because you need it because you're learning new things and building new experiences with God. And then the embracing is so just, I feel like maybe that's where I'm at in my life. It's just Holy Spirit confronts, but then the Lord embraces, like Holy Spirit confronts, and then obviously heaven embraces. But the importance of um, repentance, um, rebellion came up a couple of times. I, mm-hmm. So I don't know if we want to go there. I'm just, that word is a little bit hanging out. I'm just trying to think what the Lord Okay. Wants. So, but I, I want to make something clear before yes. we move on to the rebellion thing. So yes. let's pin that rebellion thing okay. for a second here. Um, I just want to make clear that that the grace that the Lord will give us to be able to walk out our walk of recovery and healing and deliverance, whatever that looks like, whatever's needed, um, that it is while the only thing that you have to do is to receive and to rest in it. That's good. And receiving when you have been really hurt and you're like maybe seared, like trust is like, I, you've made vows. I will never trust again. Nobody will ever get inside of me again. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, we get into like the DID thing where we put presenters or altars up, you know, we're like, they are the one who deal with all of the people in our lives, but inside we're like little children, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, but you know, that, that's a whole another conversation, but, yes. but just simply speaking, um, we don't have to do anything because God is already, he already knows what he's deposited in us. Yes. And all he's wanting to do is call that out, Good. call that out in us. And, um, and it's in rebellion where we, we sit and we go, you know, it, it's kind of like, 
when you were a teen, I don't know if you ever had this experience, but I had this with the experience of my dad, where my dad was like, in that still small voice, you know, that dad, I mean, business voice, you know, he's mm-hmm. like, you are not going to do this. And you're like, oh, oh, and then you go stop, you slam your bedroom door and then you, you know, yeah. and, and it, yes. you're frustrated and angry and throwing stuff, whatever that looks like. Yes. So that rebellion that we have of, I am right. And we have to kind of push back. And, and a lot of times when the time passes, we realize, oh, maybe dad was right. Right. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> and it's humbling, right? <laughs> Most of the time. Most of the time, yes. Right? So mm. that's that's where we have to get. And so being able to receive him and, and maybe the next time that I have that conversation with my earthly dad, I'll hear it and I'll heed his wisdom, you know, and that's that progress. And so rebellion takes some time to get out of it because it's that right that we talk, giving up that right. We, we want to just, "Mm, I'm going to do it, figure it out on my own. And scripture is very clear. Do not lean on your own understanding. What part of that do we not get, you know, but that's what happens. That's what we want to do, you know, because we're like, well, I'm the one who's living here and making all the decisions every day. And, and so we've got to, you know, yield that or, or ring that out to the Lord to say, okay, order my steps. I know you have placed desires in my heart. You've placed creativity. I have a free will that I can ultimately make those final decisions. God's not going to mess with that, you know? But um, rebellion will cause us to make decisions that are contrary to him ordering our steps, you know, that kind of thing. Come on. That's a hot word for somebody right now. (laughs) I can feel it. I can even think of people I've talked to. Exactly. I needed to be because I'm like, come on, hearts change, hearts change. Well, when you was said receiving and rest, I think this is awesome that you brought that up because I identity. I feel like receiving a rest comes from identity. If I know who I am, or as I grow into know who I am, um, I can receive from the father and then rest in it. When I don't, I just, for years, I just was on the run, even like, you know, in depression, anxiety, still on the run from who I really am. Um, but when you're saying how it's inside of you and the Lord draws it out, the father brings it out. Um, I feel like that's very repeating or for someone to just take notes on that because the world will teach us outside of us find the, pro- pro- the solution outside, outside. I mean, but the answers, and he told me years ago in my very broken seats, like the answers are everything you need is inside of you. Yeah. And I was like, joke. I literally was like broken, fragmented. I was like, joke, the answers can't, or, or I get it. I, I believe that sliver of truth, but I was like impossible to even get out people. Like, how do you get anyway? So if you're finding yourself in the place of like, I'm, but I need, okay. So we're saying find a coach, but then I'm also saying, that's not always the answer because it's inside of you. So find a coach to help you sort it out. Yeah. But on the other hand, the answers are inside and sitting. Well, the coach aspect is because (laughs) sometimes you've got walls of barriers present guardians and things that'll keep you from being able to trust to enter into um, the presence of God, or even forget, you know, like if you're hanging on to unforgiveness or whatever, so that will help put eyes on, okay, this is what you're doing to make it hopefully the fastest process, you know, the the fastest way to get to, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm repenting, you know? Um, but 
so anyway, so yes, yeah. but the other side of that is in that process is mm-hmm. learning uh, to go inward because religion tells us you've got to do something. You've got to mm-hmm. act a certain way. You've got to mask up and pretend those are pretenses, you know? Um, and the Lord is just saying, be still and know that I am God. That's all you got to do. And it seems like on paper, really simple. Yeah. And we just need to go, okay, Lord, show mm. me what I need to do man, and listen. But the problem is, is that when you've got a lot going on in your, yes. in your system and you're going, I don't, even if I did hear something, I wouldn't know if I could trust that. Isn't that just yes. me? Yeah. You know? Um, and in some, you know, for people, if that's, if that, if they need to know that the, the voice of the Lord can sound like our own voice, you know? And, um, I mean, because we recognize that our own voice is familiar to us, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so sometimes the Lord will speak in the sound of our own voice is what I'm trying to say. And, um, that we, so that we can, we won't be afraid of it. We'll recognize it. And, but at the same time, we're kind of like, Whoa, is that, you know, we don't want to be deceived. And so a lot of times that, you know, we've been taught, well, that's all, you know, anyway. Mm -hmm. So we have to just, you have to practice it and bear it out. Let it have fruit, start testing it. Well, I had this, this gut feeling. I feel like the Holy spirit was just giving me discerning of spirits and I didn't trust that. And okay. So act on it, mm-hmm. you know, don't go to that thing and see what happens, you know, yeah. was, you know, so sometimes I've had to like put the litmus test out there mm-hmm. and her fleece rather, you know, to kind of tr- build up my faith so that I could move from faith to belief, you know? Um, okay. So it takes time and it is a process. It's a relationship. It's just like any, mm-hmm. you know, s- your spouse or a, a good best friend or, you know, whatever that you, there's always going to be an ebb and flow to those relationships and it takes time to develop trust and intimacy. And it's not always about like, well, it, it's, it's about the depth of that. It's inter mutual interdependence, meaning that there's a flow. Um, it's when, it's when two people are secure in God's acceptance they mutually give and receive love and forgiveness without demanding any sort of approval or conformity hmm. to, ex- to well, conformity to like any of their expectations, yes. like in return. And so that results in this spiritual vitality. It's a balanced view of self and, and ultimately genuine intimacy. Yeah. So that's what all of our relationships and especially our relationships with Jesus is, is that there's supposed to be that mutual interdependence. And when we've lived in rebellion, we're not hearing the wisdom of that. We can't receive it because we don't trust it. We've built up a wall. So we have to have a coach to help us break through that wall so that we can get to that. Is that a long process? Sometimes that can be yeah. If God wants to Amen. flip the switch, you could do it literally overnight, you know, yes, or even quicker, good. you know, but for other people, it's, it's how quickly you want to let go of that rebellions to enter into that process. So it's not coach dependent. It's, it's the person it's your soul dependent. Does that make sense? It does. 
Yeah, I totally got chills a, a little bit there because <laughs> there's some wiggling and squiggling or whatever going on in the, <laughs> in the spirit with the listeners of like pushing over the cows. Somebody would say like, let go of your rebellion and start tasting freedom. Basically, yeah. when you're talking about mutual interdependence, it sounds like freedom to me, especially yeah, oh, how codependent, ah, hate that word, how codependent I've been in relationships and just being raised codependent and just continuing the cycle and going, oh, I'm codependent. This isn't healthy. Now what Lord and him unentangling that codependency. So when you're like dropping the mutual interdependence, I'm like, now that's beautiful. That's healthy. What about the people that don't have just coming to my heart right now, a picture of mutual interdependence or how about even interdependence like with you know and like you said take a snapshot in a way i heard take a snapshot of picture of relationships around you what is that the close ones what do those look like and mm-hmm. i know i started out mess in all of them mess not even one healthy the ones my friends who totally accept me for who i am thank you lord for krista thank you lord for you know melissa but like everybody else it was a mess um so what about the ones i haven't seen a picture of healthy relationship. Well, if they can, if they, so there's a huge percentage of us that have never been modeled what a healthy relationship is supposed to look like, sound like, smell like, whatever, you know? And, um, and so they're like, uh, I've never had that. I've never been loved. I've just been beaten. You know, anytime that I had a need, Mm. then when I tried to express that need, then I would just get beat up because that put, extra responsibility on some whatever and so it builds up those walls that 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 self-forfeiture that happens because it says my needs are somehow weaknesses or my needs are um a liability and so i just want to be a selfless person and i want to do for everybody else that's how it codependency breeds we want to do for everybody else. I want to stay busy so that I don't have to sit and think about me. Yep. So it's a smoke screen effectively. Yes. And so, mm. so the people who don't have a picture, so if they're looking around and you're exhausted, there's no victory in your life. You yes. still feel like you can't hear. Those are some really common things to look for mm-hmm. and something is wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you go, because some people have completely repressed all of that pain and they're just functioning on this very veneer brain level of existence, you know, and they don't, they don't realize they've had, you know, 25 years of trauma. So, you know, if they start going, huh, I wonder if I was abused, no, no, not, no, you know, if you're thinking and wondering about that right there, that's a sign, Interesting. you know? Good. Yeah. Good. And So anyway, so that, those are some hints, you know, some glimpses into like what that could be. It doesn't, those aren't like, you know, definitive, thus saith the Lord kind of stuff, but it gives you some, you know, place to start. And the idea is that we want to move into trust with somebody. You got to start with a coach first. And if, you know, like I've had clients that, Um, you know, I've worked with them for over a year just to develop rapport so that they can trust me. Yes. And they want to lash out at me and lash out. Well, you know, luckily I'm built for this job. I've got very big shoulders and it's like, I can handle that, you know? Um, 
it doesn't feel good. I'll, mm-hmm. you know, just to be honest, it doesn't feel mm-hmm. good, but you know, some, sometimes you've just got to sit in the mess with somebody until they can turn the corner for themselves. You know, it's like, I'm just going to sit there and I'm going to hold up the mirror for you to see what you're doing, you know, because they can't see it. It's completely blocked, you know? And so, um, sometimes we got to do that with people. You just got to sit in it with them. But anyway, um, did I answer your question? Yeah, a lot, because I like how you said, um, first of all, it's not any, not a lot of people see the picture of health relationships, but then you gave us some signs and some like look around and no victory for me too. I was like, I am not seeing fruit anywhere, um, except for where I'm pretending and making up things. And so let's stop pretending and let's stop making up things, Miranda. But I also think that you gave a good snapshot of coaching. And I was like, it was actually kind of painful in a good way to hear for someone else who was like, can I, am I ready to step into this? Am I ready to be open, vulnerable, teachable, not perfect, not nothing. But when you said you sit and hold up a mirror in front of themselves, it's like, dude, that's exactly almost a snapshot of coaching. Like you face um, truth. And Mm -hmm. for me, it was more, I had my little T truths and then you and my other coach would come with these big T truths. And I was like, Oh, which one am I going to believe? First of all, am I ready to lay down my agenda, my, all the things, but, um, before we, I want, I have a question about trading before we close, but before I ask about victim and trading victim, because somebody will get set free from that. Um, because victims mentality stinks and it kept me in prison for, so I chose it for so long before I close with that question. Is there anything else on your heart? that you feel like then you like, you know, had a successful, we had a successful call talk, um, anything that we might've left out. Oh, let me see. Uh, 